my emphasis or point of emphasis for this morning is deeper level of knowledge. Deeper level of knowledge. We need to get real knowledge. Real knowledge. We need to get deeper level of knowledge and not book knowledge or root knowledge but true knowledge. When you look at knowledge, I have said that in all you seek, seek knowledge. But knowledge without personal encounter, without knowledge, I say is useless and of no use. In all you seek, seek knowledge. But knowledge without encounter, personal encounter with the knowledge you have, knowledge without experience, experiencing what you have either learned or been taught is not knowledge. That knowledge is of no use because it cannot save you. We see in, our, in the life of our Lord Jesus Christ that to him, knowledge was very, very important. That's why we're saying that in all you seek, seek knowledge. When he visited the, I don't know what, what, what the Asen name was. Uh, were they Lazarus' family? I don't know. But when he visited Mary and uh, Martha and the brother Lazarus, Martha spent all the time in the kitchen cooking so that Jesus and his disciples will have something to eat. But here was Martha sitting at the feet of Jesus Christ acquiring knowledge. Listen to what Jesus had to say and what Jesus was teaching. But Martha was busy at the kitchen preparing food, uh, setting tables, washing clothes, doing all that. Then she came to Jesus to say that, Jesus, don't you care that I've been left alone to do all the household chores? Whilst my sister sits here doing nothing, but only listening to what you have to say. And the answer Jesus gave to Martha was so important. Uh, let's take our Bible to Luke 10, verse 41 to 42. Luke 10, 41 and 42. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things. But few things are needed. Or indeed, only one. Mary has chosen what is better. And it will not be taken away from her. He said, Martha, you are worried and upset about many things. But few things are needed. And he, he went on to even say that 
or indeed only one only one thing is needed and that is what Mary has chosen which is knowledge in the word of God seeking understanding seeking information from the word of God sitting under the feet of the man of God to hear him preach and teach the word of God for Jesus that is the only thing that is truly needed that is the only thing everyone must seek to possess and have that is what we must be upset if we are not getting it that is what we should be worried if it is not given to us if we are being prevented to hear the word of God if we are being prevented to sit under the feet of the man of God to hear the word of God if we are being prevented to study the word of God if we are being prevented to, to, to get deeper insight into the word of God that is what should upset us that is what we should be worried over amongst those other things we do being busy running around moving up and down running here and there though that is necessary for human's sake and for to meet the needs of human beings but for Jesus Christ what was of most importance to him was sitting under his feet so that you can hear his word and live by the way knowledge is so important it has changed society it has affected cultures it has impacted humanity it has made us a better people than we used to be in time past in some traditions in Ghana if you are a woman and you gave birth to twins the children will be killed because it was believed that giving birth to twins was a curse and they were not going to tolerate that in the family so they will kill the twins if you you gave birth to an abino that abino will be killed because tradition believed that abinos were cursed as children of the gods and so the abino will be killed it is said that the abuachiri festival began with the sacrificing of human beings human beings were sacrificed to the gods and then as knowledge increased and people grew in their understanding they changed it from human beings to lion so the people had to go and catch lion and present it to the king but I believe you know that was worse off it was worse off because before you can catch a lion six of you must die or possibly because you must catch it alive and bring it alive so six of you ten of you must die before you can get one lion to present to the gods and so that also as knowledge grew it was also abolished and now they have to go for an antelope so knowledge 
increase in knowledge has affected society in several ways. That is why people seek knowledge. We spend so much time and money schooling. Why? So that we can get knowledge that will help us in life. We send our children to the best schools in town. Why? Because we want them to get knowledge which we believe will help them in their life. So, I don't think that anybody can say that knowledge is not important. I hope you all agree with me that knowledge is very, very important. But you, it, it looks like last week when Deacon Amable was preaching, he mentioned it. And that was the second time he mentioned, he made that, he mentioned that statement to me. That we spend time educating our children, acquiring knowledge. They go to school, we pay their school fees, we put them in the best schools. And after they have even closed from school and have come home, we give them teachers to teach them extra. We pay teachers to impact more knowledge onto our kids for us. But how many of us have taken the pain and the trouble to take a teacher to teach our children the word of God? How many of us? It has not even crossed our mind. We don't even see the need. You see, the, the issue of knowledge in eternal things, knowledge in the things of God. As I mentioned in my last preaching, that it looks more like it's intentional. We have chosen to intentionally ignore God and things that affect Him. Because our attitude and approach towards acquiring knowledge in the things of this world as compared to our attitude and approach to acquiring knowledge in the word of God are worlds apart. Enti uh, say, if knowledge in worldly things is that important, then what about knowledge in spiritual and eternal things? Things that will live on forever. What about that? 
Why do we chase knowledge? Wherever it may be found. Except in the church. We chase knowledge everywhere. To look for knowledge. Except in the church. It's only in the church that we reject and ignore knowledge. But outside the church, wherever knowledge can be found, we rush there and look for it and acquire it. But my main emphasis or concern for today is why does our knowledge stand in opposition to our actions. Especially when it's about the things of God. Well, sometimes we, we, we see it. We see that there are things we know, but we actually act contrary to what we know. But most often these things are seen in the things of God. Why? Let's take our Bible and read Jonah 1, 8 to 10. We are looking at the example of the prophet Jonah, a great prophet who lived during the time of King Jeroboam II of Israel. He lived, it is believed that his contemporaries were Amos and Hosea and the others. They were his contemporaries. A great man of God who has a book to himself. Jonah 1 8 to 10. I hope we are there. Okay, let's take it. So they said to him, Tell us who is responsible for making all this trouble for us? What kind of work do you do? Where do you come from? What is your country? From what people are you? He answered, and listen to this place very carefully. I am a Hebrew. I worship the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and the dry land. This terrified them, and they asked, What have you done? They knew he was running away from the Lord because he had already told them so. Amen. We are looking at where we believe one thing, yet we do another thing. And I, I, I have a problem. How many of us how many of us will be willing if your food is served in a chamber pot will be willing to eat a, a, a store one, brand new, went to Kumasi and bought it. But it's very beautiful. It has a cover. Brand new one. How many of us would be ready to eat from that chamber pot? Because it's brand new. It's never been used. Mata is laughing. Will, will you eat from that? Oh, which of us would do that? Now, if you want to try, you can raise your hand. This is store one. It's never been used. Why wouldn't you eat from it? Kuraba yedi kuraba yesevu eji ane wamo egu kuraba monopa store ye ye toya 
ye di free store ba ya ni ye di we do ani gu kura ba ni mu eni ye di ma o se beji kodi ye mu dudu o se ni beji obi eni adentina wuni ye mono ye new suida e mono pa adentina wuni it is what knowledge wuni se kura ba ye ye den ye ni di wuni ma dia ye ye ni o kura ba that's that's knowledge Sana nim dietia, wunim se krabanya dia ye didim. Wunima dia ye di krabaye. Enti ye di kraba mao se ji eye mono ye di fristor ne ba enti ji na didi mwa wundidim. Enti wunim dia wuwa fa sedye krabatia ni di ye di krabaye hon. Enuna e gaide dia wasa wuye fa kraba hu se. And yeah, and finally said they come see the many edu and a crowd ye go kraban mu mini da because me nimse kraba ye nidim. And one who send him the no directed the was away. That that's it. Who nim you know? Why an electricity naked wire? You can say somewhere we be some electricity naked. She in cover him. Yeah, the mouth says so more will be some. Who's some? Because who name electricity? They are air the end. Aye. And to name the hour one one electricity horn. And mouth crying ma naked wire electricity naked wire. Dawa. Unconcusum. It will not. And to so I won't saw electricity move for electricity in the agrono. And to name the hour one. Effort the electricity to me, and under normal circumstances, no, Nimdia Bia Yenya Biano, a guide in action for a decronoa Yenya Munim Diano. She wouldn't touch electricity because you know what electricity will do, who can do. You didn't eat from a chamber pot because you know what a chamber pot is. So, what we know, knowledge, directs our action towards that which we know. Let's go back to our text and read, uh, uh, look at the life of our dear big brother, Noah, uh, Jonah. This was a man of God. I hope we all know the story. He's been, he was sent by God to go to Nineveh and speak to the people because they were sinners. But Nineveh, as we know it, uh, was a, an enemy territory. These people were troubling Israel during those days. Actually, ultimately, they were the very people who took Israel into exile. Nineveh, a croa. Na water Israel for ah finally finally Kruano sa Assyria for Omo Kru and in Nivino Omo and Omo before Israel for do unko unkuasumo and so the enemy territory if therefore God is about to punish them then Israel should be happy that God is about to punish that city and. If you, God, want me to go to such a city and preach to them to repent, then that will be over my dead body. 
God, let me tell you in plain words, I won't go. So, in his attempt to run away from God, he went and bought a ship to sail in the opposite direction of Nineveh. And as he was on his voyage, the owner of the sea, the one who created the sea, said, well, thank you, Jonah, for being disobedient. But now I need my sea. So please, will you take off your ship so that I can take my sea? And then, God began to rock their ship with such a heavy storm. And then, the people were looking for what was responsible for their experience. And then they came to this man fast asleep somewhere in the deck or wherever. And then they woke him up and asked him, don't you care? Don't you know what is happening to us in this ship? And then they began interrogating him. And upon interrogation, it was the interrogation that I for my emphasis this morning. He answered, I am a Hebrew. I worship the Lord, the God of heaven and the earth. Uh, I worship the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and the dry land. Hear me on this. He said, I worship the Lord who made the sea and the dry land. Now, let's listen to the answer the people gave him. This terrified them and they asked, what have you done? It's like they asked him, what nonsense have you done? You worship the God who created the sea and now you are running away from that God and you thought you could use the sea he created to run away from him. What nonsense is that? Don't you reason? This was what the people told him. Are you that insane? Are you not able to apply the knowledge you have in your conduct? If this God you claim to worship is the one who created the sea, then how can you run away from him using the sea he created to run away from him? If he is that powerful and this mighty sea is his own asset, then how do you think you can run away from him using the sea he created to run away from him? Using the creation, the heavens he created, the earth he created to run away from this God. And I think most often, that is what Christians do. We have so much knowledge. But that knowledge, we are not able to apply that knowledge in our daily work with God. Our knowledge tells us that yes, God created the heavens and the seas. But the way we walk, the way we live, does not points to the fact that we are a people who believe that God created the sea. 
We say that yes, God is omnipotent, all powerful. But the way we live does not point to the fact that indeed God is all powerful. How can you live in fear of witches and wizards and say that God is all powerful? How can you tell me that? Your very life is the opposite of what you claim you know. That's where I find your knowledge deficient. Your knowledge is deficient. How can you say God is all pre- omnipresent? All present, everywhere. God is everywhere. God is all knowing and lie. God is everywhere. And still, God is everywhere. And then, go and spend the night with your boyfriend and girlfriend. How, how can you say that? How, how can you tell me that God is everywhere? He is everywhere. So he is in that room where you were flirting with someone who is not your wife. He was there. How can you tell me that you believe that God is there? No. Either your faith, your, your knowledge is deficient or your faith is defective. One of them must have problem. God is all-knowing. Yes, it's true. But how has that affected your life? How has that changed you? Do you live in cognizance of what you claim? You believe? You come to Sunday school and you give beautiful and wonderful contributions. How true is that contribution in your life? So, what we claim to be knowledge, to me, is not knowledge. Because every knowledge must affect must effect a change. If your knowledge hasn't changed the way you live, the last time I was saying it, when you were a child, you could bath anywhere. But why don't you go about bathing everywhere? Why don't you stand outside here and bath? You can easily find five years boy bathing outside. But will you go and stand outside there and bath? Knowledge! And it has affected the way you bath. You no longer bath everywhere. You select where you bath. So, knowledge, if it is only what we have heard. Knowledge, if it is only what we have read. Knowledge, if it is only what we know. And it does not manifest itself in the way we live. That knowledge is deficient. Hallelujah. It is deficient. And we need to encounter. You see, that's why when you go to school and you you are doing chemistry, you are doing science, technical work, we always have practicals. What do you think is the essence of practicals? The essence of practicals is to help you to be able to apply the knowledge and the skill you have learned. 
if you went for driving school, they will teach you the book. And then they will also set you on the road to teach you how to drive on the road. And so knowledge becomes knowledge when it affects our life and change. You need to practicalize your faith. That's why Paul told the Corinthians that do not be deceived. First uh, Corinthians 15, 33 and 34. Do not be deceived. Bad company ruins good morals. Verse 34 in particular. Wake up from your drunken stupor as is right and do not go on sinning for some have no knowledge of God. I say this to your shame. If indeed you have knowledge of God, your life will reflect that. Because what I don't believe what people say, I believe what they do, the way they live. That's what convinces me. Please, knowledge is so important. But knowledge without action, without it affecting our life is useless. Action tells the truth more than your mouth or your words. Just as you not do any of the things I mentioned above, that knowledge must affect you. Don't be like Gideon who only knew what he was told. He said, when he met the angel, he said, eh, our fathers told us that God did this and God did that and God did that and God did that. But now look at us. Here we are. As miserable as anything. Most of us, that's the kind of knowledge we have. We've only been told. We've only heard it. But we have not lived it out. That is why Christianity is a practical life. It's, it's a way of life. It's not only book knowledge. It's a way of life. The way you live your life. And so if you cannot live your life according to the teachings of the word of God, then you are not a Christian. And it's a such category of Christians that Paul calls or tells them in 1 Corinthians 15, 34 that they do not know God. They have no knowledge of who God is. Attainment of knowledge. There is a level of knowledge we should strive to attain. The hardships you go through are meant for you to practicalize the knowledge you have acquired. The difficulties we go through are meant to challenge us to learn how to depend on God and the word of God. So if we go through all those experiences and in the end we do not learn anything. Our knowledge which we claim, we claim to have is defective. My prayer for you this morning 
is that just as the knowledge you have acquired, the skill that you have acquired, years of living, wisdom you have acquired, you are able to apply them to live a changed life. In that same way, the word of God that you have learned, the knowledge that you have acquired from certain under the feet of the man of God from reading your Bible from having your daily devotion whatever it is that God has taught you it is meant for your life if you do not allow God to prove himself to be all powerful in your life you always know that God you always say that God is all powerful but you never know that all powerful God if you do not allow God to prove himself that he's omnipresent, he's present everywhere, you will only know that God is present, but you never encounter that God that is present everywhere you are. If you only know God to be all-powerful and you do not give him the opportunity to demonstrate his power in your life, you will never experience that all-powerful God. My prayer for you this morning is that you will be challenged and not be like Jonah, who is a prophet, who knew God and knew his power and knew that he created everything and yet acted contrary to that. May you be the one who knows God and live your life in accordance with the word of God. Let's go before the Lord in prayer.